Good evening. Coming to you guys live from someone's suite at Mizzou Arena. It is not mine. After an 89-75 Missouri win over Kentucky. Appreciate you guys hanging with me. Uh, game went a little bit longer than anticipated. Post game went a little bit longer than anticipated. So coming at you, you know, a little bit later than we planned to. But I assume you guys are all willing to wait after that one. Again, an 89 75 Mizzou win over Kentucky. I'm going to talk about it. Drew King having some technical technical difficulties. He's going to get those figured out and jump on with us. We're going to take your comments. We've already got a bunch of them built up. Feel free to keep adding them and we will get to them. But what I want to do first is thank James Carlton. James, uh, James Carlton State Farm Insurance in Webster Groves, Missouri. He is our partner for all of these live shows. We're not doing them after every game, although look, guys, they keep playing like this. James might ask us to do them after every game, uh, but it, you can get in touch with James Carlton at carltoninsurance.net. You can call him at 314-961-4800, and he's going to take care of all your insurance needs. He's going to do everything he can to be your insurance agent. He is Drew King's insurance agent. Uh, Drew could give you a testimonial if he wanted to do that. Um, Drew, I do see you. Just give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. And, uh, so the other thing James Carlton wants to do is he wants to help you guys out and he wants to help Mizzou out. He wants you to get in touch with him. He wants to give you an insurance quote. Once he does that, if you tell him you heard about him from Power Mizzou and from these shows, he's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective. And who knows, maybe they can have some of those fancy McDonald's All-Americans that you hear so much about in Lexington, Kentucky. Although at this point, I'll be honest, maybe Dennis Gates doesn't need them. Because uh, he looks to be doing pretty well with what he has. Uh, we do have Drew King here with us live from somebody else's suite, I believe, in Missouri. <laughs> we correct. are just taking over the suites here. And, and we've got a lot of comments, and I promise, guys, we're going to get to them soon. But we want to do quick takeaways here first. Drew, just instant what jumps out, out at you other than apparently Kobe Brown is the second coming of Steph Curry. Yeah, that was that was going to be my first one was that, you know, there, there's a national player – on the floor tonight and Kobe Brown was better than him. Um, that, you know, I, I can't say enough about how well he's played these last two games, um, you know, to put up 30 point games against back-to-back -back ranked opponents, it's exceedingly rare for somebody to do that. Um, and so Kobe Brown has been um, like just unreal these last couple of games. And then um, number two, we've been talking about, you know, kind of what the ceiling is for this team. And um, I, I think I speak for everybody when I say whatever you thought it was, it's higher. It's like, higher. like this game, I think was a complete statement by Mizzou that um, they're for real. The early season schedule wins, those were for real. Um, and this is a team that is actually really, really good and could make some noise in the postseason. And I'm going to take full credit for writing that after the last game. Now, I will admit, once can be a fluke. Twice is right. not a fluke. Yeah. It just isn't. Um, on Kobe, you know, you've seen him play 13 games now, and mm -hmm. he's a different player in the last two than he was for most of the first 11. I've seen Kobe play well over 100 games, and he is a different player than he was in most of those. I mean, it's not just that he's gotten 30 in back-to-back -back games. It's how he's done it. I mean, right. it's a combination of – I liked his quote in postgame. He said, I've always been a good shooter. I just didn't really show it in previous years. Right? Yeah. Um, that's like me saying, I've always been tall. You just can't tell. 
Um, you know, <laughs> and, and then, but it's not just the three-point shooting. From the opening tip in the last two games, he has established himself down on the block. He has called for the ball, and he has gone straight at bigger dudes. And there is, like, my main takeaway from this game, this team is scared of nothing. Three, mm-hmm. 17 days after playing a game where I thought they played scared, and I thought they looked not ready for that stage, they're scared of nothing. Aiden Shaw is going at Oscar Chibway. Sean East is throwing 70-foot one-handed passes. Nick Honor is getting <laughs> offensive rebounds. Demoy Hodge, as, as you said on our board, gives zero Fs. He is shooting the basketball, oh, yep. no matter the situation. I mean, this team. I, I compared him to um, Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. You know, he takes out his sword and he's got like the army coming towards him all on horses and he's by himself. That's Demoy Hodge. He's just like one on one. He's ready. You're, you're going to have to go with more of a Braveheart uh, reference for me to yes. understand it because I've never <laughs> seen uh, Game of Thrones. But I didn't want to steal um, CY's uh, William Wallace comparison for Nick Honor, but right. that was. That was my comparison, yeah. at least. I mean, and and like we were talking in the first half, I told you, like, I don't know how this game's going to turn out, but this team is fun as hell to watch, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It, um, go ahead. You know, I was going to say, like, Demoy Hodge might be my favorite player here in 10 years. Um, I've, you know, we, we workshopped throughout the game what analogies I could make for what <laughs> Trey Gomillion would be doing if he wasn't playing SEC basketball, but like, I don't, and yes, the wins are a big part of it, right? It's more fun to watch wins, but just the way this team play, like I I tweeted 30 seconds into this game. I said, it's really weird to watch a basketball game where the question is, is Kentucky willing to run with Missouri? Yeah, You know, and John Calipari said after the game, they played the game we wanted to play. We wanted to play that game. They just did it better. Yeah. Um, To your point about, you know, the way that Kobe played and, and, really the no fear part in this team. I thought it was really interesting that Oscar Sheboy brought up in post game, you know, we cannot let, you know, a team like that bully us. And Mm -hmm. it's funny to hear that from Kentucky when Missouri's tallest player is six, eight and everybody else is six, seven or under like Mm -hmm. that was a mind boggling thing to hear. It's not something I thought we would hear coming into this game because really before the season, I thought this was the game where um, like it, they're going to get crushed. Right. And I thought the rebounds were going to play a much bigger factor in this one. And they made it happen anyway. Like they didn't necessarily win the defensive battle, but they held their own, right. They got really physical. Um, Sean East said they're all dogs, which is, very true um and like you said it's just a really fun team to watch you know um uh, 90 points a night it's it's not going to get tiring right and they're in it it will for opponents um you know they are three (laughs) games into a a five game stretch where we said two and three is phenomenal Mm -hmm. and one and four might not be bad dude they're three and one yeah, I mean, they, they are going to go to Fayetteville next week playing completely with house money. Cahill brings up something that I want to talk about. Don't forget the defensive improvement over the last three games. Way better. Totally agree. Much mm-hmm. better defense. Um, UCF, I think, scored 66. Uh, the defense was, was clearly much better against Illinois. I, here's where I want to pump the brakes for just a minute. 
because John Calipari said repeatedly, and, and I don't want this to come across as Cal not giving Missouri credit. He gave Missouri tons of credit. Said, look, they were better. They beat us. They would have beat a lot of teams the way they played tonight. But he did bring up a point. He said, we had open threes, and we just didn't make any of them. He said, yeah. you don't need to make all of them. Just make a couple of them. And there were a lot. I, I mean, I think Kentucky at one point was one for 10 on three-pointers. Yes. And a couple of them were contested. But those were a lot of looks that you expect a team that's shooting 38% from three-point range coming into the game to make. Uh, and, and Kentucky was one for its first three. And I told you, I said, if Kentucky shoots 33% from three, I think Missouri's going to win this game. They ended mm-hmm. the game shooting 34.8%, which is not a terrible number. But most of those makes came when this game was over. So, like, I do think Missouri was much better defensively. But also, I think sometimes your shots fall and the other guys don't, and the result is a 15-point win. Yeah, and I I do think um, C.J. Frederick getting hurt did play a little bit of a factor. He's probably their best shooter out there. He's, he doesn't necessarily have the highest percentage, but he's he's a knockdown shooter. Um, and so I, I think he only played a couple of minutes tonight um, and, and didn't come back. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting, the defensive strategy for Mizzou, in that first half was we are not letting Oscar Shibway touch the ball. Like we're going to do everything in our power to front him, to deny. Um, and I think he only had probably like three shots through the first 10 minutes or so, which um, is not normal for him. I, I think he brought up that, that you know, uh, that kind of threw him off. That kind of got him off balance. Yeah, at, at halftime, Oscar was three for three from the floor and three for five from the feet, or line. So nine points, six boards, or I'm sorry, nine points, 12 Ten, boards. Yeah. I was going to say almost a double-double by then. Yeah, um, but it, it's interesting you bring that up because I thought the the first half the, the approach was we're not letting him beat us. And the second half, I thought they kind of switched to, fine, go get yours. Yeah. Like, we're not letting the other people beat us, right? Like, right. you're going to get your whatever he ended up with. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was – he ended up with 23 and 19. 23, like, phenomenal yeah. game, right? But it, it, it was at that point it was like – hey, we're up 16. Like, you can't beat us two points at a time, mostly because you can't stop us. Yeah, and, you know, um, I, it, they kind of lived and died by it, I guess. There were, I mean, Case and Wallace obviously had a pretty good night um, for them. But, but that was all in, like, the first 10 minutes, it seemed like to me. Absolutely. And like you said, that, that second half, they said, okay, like, Oscar – we're going we're not going to send triple teams at you anymore mm-hmm. um and kentucky still didn't really have an answer for it you know they had a, a mini run early in that second half but um a couple free throws from deandre golston and then a steal and a three from demoy hodge pretty much like extinguished it right um and, and so i i think part of it too is just I thought the crowd played a really big factor and Mizzou did not seem as um, kind of deer in the headlights with this one, right? They seemed used to it. They were really feeding into it this time around. I thought that probably played a big factor in it too. Yeah. uh, Kentucky scored 75 points for the game. Missouri had 76 with 652 left. Um, And they, that's about the time I felt like they took their foot off the gas a little bit, right? Like at that point it became, okay, 
we don't really need to score. I, I mean, I think we talked, it, it was 74 to 59, and we said if Missouri gets to 80, they win this game. Yeah. You know, and turns out they didn't even need to get to 80, but they played the way that playing got them to where they were for about 34 minutes. And then it was a, okay, just don't screw up. And they yeah. can't beat us. And and it was handled, I, I thought, very well. I mean, this was a 14-point win. Illinois was a 22-point win. They both were realistically much bigger than that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of garbage time by the opponents in each of the last two games. Uh, absolutely, yeah. That, that Illinois win, I mean, they were up by – Oh, more than 30 at points in that game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just, I, I, it's a switch that's been flipped, you know, it's, it's just, and I asked, you know, I tried to ask Kobe and Sean after the game, you know, what, what's been the difference in this, yeah. these last couple of weeks. And Dennis Gates said, don't give them the secrets. Right. So I don't yeah. know what the secrets have been, but uh, it's definitely like a noticeable difference. Uh, part of it might, maybe is just that, um, Dennis Gates is is sticking with a set rotation. He's not necessarily like just throwing random lineups out there anymore. You mentioned during the game, he's got his set eight and Aiden Shaw will come in for eight minutes a game. Um, but yeah, maybe that's the difference. There there were two plays to me that, that kind of were the emblems of this game. 5.53 left in the first half, Missouri up 11. Shaw goes chest to chest and wrestles Oscar Shibway for the ball for 12 seconds, despite the fact that, like, look, the ball belonged to Kentucky after mm-hmm. two seconds. I mean, the fans legitimately blew, booed the possession arrow at that point, <laughs> right? Um, the second one, it, you kind of mentioned it. Kentucky was kind of creeping back in it. Like, I think I had told said to you about two or three possessions earlier, it feels like they've got to run. They had cut it to nine or 10. And then Dre Golston gets a steal on the backcourt, kind of stumbles, looks like the ball might go out of bounds, somehow just kind of bats the ball up to Demoy Hodge. And Demoy Hodge just said, screw it. This ball's going up. You know, 22-footer from the wing, bang, ball game. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Like, the Aiden Shaw thing was um... – probably my favorite play of the game, honestly, because he really wasn't having that good of a game, but that is like he him. didn't score. No, he, he didn't score, up. but, but he filled his role, you know, yes. um, he, he fouled Oscar Sheway when he was supposed to, when, when he spun off of Kobe, you know, and he brought the energy, which is really his biggest role on this team right now is just to, you know, really get the, the crowd hyped up. I, I think that's kind of something that I've, kind of taken away from this game is when Kobe plays like the best player on the team, which he hasn't done in every game this season, when he does, everything else falls into place for them. Um, It it just like takes the burden off of everybody else. Guys aren't overextended. They're not um, taxed by having to, um, you know, replace that scoring output from him. And I I think that Kobe having as good of a game he does as he did um, made the difference for them tonight. It's a team full of guys who knows exactly what their role is. Um, I, I mean, Sean E said in the post game, Kobe passed too much. He should have had 50 in this game. Yeah. And if you can identify, this is our guy. This is who it runs through. And everybody else is fine being number two or number three or number seven or whatever it is. Then it works. And, you know, Dennis Gates made, made went out of his way to make a point. Sean East, like when we were struggling, he scored seven straight in the first half. And he said, 
the way we were playing in the second half, I just couldn't really find a time to get him in the game. Mm-hmm. And Sean East didn't complain. He sat over there on the bench and he coached his ass off and he cheered for his teammates. And man, that like, look, you need talent, right? I, I'm not going to say you don't need talent. Talent's going to win more often than not, but that right there is worth something. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like Dre Golston did the same thing in the second half, like very quietly had 10 points and, and got them out of that, you know, miniature run that Kentucky went on. Um, and so when you have a team that plays like that, it's it's almost tough to lose, right? When everybody knows their role and, and can execute it, Demoy Hodge has been doing that all season. Um, I think now everybody else is figuring out, like, okay, this is my role, and they've been filling it perfectly. And that, that's been the reason they're winning these big games. Trago Million is the epitome of that. I mean, yes. when, when Dennis Gates took him, the entire fan base, and I was right there with them, said, uh, we just going to move Cleveland State to Columbia here? What, Like, is this kid on scholarship? And, I, I mean, like, I don't think it's too far to say he's the heart and soul of this team. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably will not lead them in scoring in any game in the SEC. But that dude, man, I mean, he makes a team better. Yeah, I, I think people probably had the same reaction when Dennis put him in the starting lineup, you know, in that UCF game. And he's earned his spot there, right? He's He showed why. He didn't even have, you know, he had seven points tonight, but he was plus 15. Um, and that kind of speaks to the kind of impact he had. He, he just breathes toughness um, and, and grit, right? Like th- there isn't a player do, who accepts kind of, the well, odds yeah. being stacked against him as much as Trey does, because he, he has to go up against guys that are bigger than him um, who are playing at Kentucky while he was playing in junior college. And he doesn't care to your point. Like he's not scared of any of it. So, yeah. um, and, and a lot of guys have taken that in too. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start rolling through some of your guys' comments as quickly as we can. Spencer says Mizzou's up to 35 in Ken Palm after the win. Let's just say this. They're going to be ranked. Jeff yes. Goodman has them 22. He he tweeted out, like, I never change my top 25 in the middle of the game, but Missouri has earned that. He yep. has them at 22. I think they'll be higher than that. They're going to yep. debut in the top 20. I, I'm not sure they debut in the top 15, but I'm not sure they don't. Yeah, I, it'd be a big leap to go from unranked all the way up to 15. I think I told you during the game, I would put them probably at 19 right now. Um but they're going to be getting a lot more attention after these past two yeah. wins, I think. Um, I, yeah, so I, I, that's something Gerard asked, too, was they're obviously going to be top 25, um, but will they be top 20? And uh, to me, the answer is yes, they're, they're a top 20 team. Uh, I'm going to be the wet blanket for Zach Ray here. This team's going to be really yeah. hard to beat when they shoot over 40%. Wouldn't be surprised if they beat Arkansas, who has injuries. And Trevon Brazil out for the year. I don't expect Nick Smith to play in that game next Wednesday. Last I looked, Ken Palm gave Missouri a 19% chance to win that game. It's mm. in Fayetteville. It's a really tough place to play. Arkansas is really good. I'll say this. They've raised the ceiling. I now think this is an NCAA tournament team. If they go win in Fayetteville, I'm going to raise it again to, hey, this team can get a first-round bye in the SEC tournament and finish in the top four, which is a long way of saying I don't expect them to win in Fayetteville. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of like you said after, you know, I think the one of these games, you, you mentioned that, you know, Mizzou's playing with house money at this point. And it, it was really after that Illinois game um, because you've got the signature wins under your belt already. And so I don't think an, a loss to Arkansas hurts as much as it would if they were going into this with just the UCF win. Um, and, and so now you've got, you know, on top of it, the Illinois and the Kentucky win, and, and you're very ahead in terms of how many chips you have at the table. Yeah. Um, Jay Real 314, this team reminds me of the 08 team with Coach Anderson. What do you think? Drew was like eight at that point, so I'm not going to ask him to break that down. You're probably a little older than that. But I, I see the similarities. I get it that – that team had a little more talent. I think I, I think Damari Carroll is probably a better player than Kobe Brown. I think Leo Lyons is a better player than whoever is number two on this team. But I I understand the similarities. Um, you know, I'm not sure this team has 31 and four elite eight ceiling yet. Um I, but a week ago I would have laughed at you for saying it. And I at least won't laugh at you for saying it now. Um Jay White, are we worried that FSU is really bad and they will throw the bag at Gates this offseason? I, look, I can't tell you whether to worry or not. You worry all you want. I've got a fun basketball team to watch for the first time in 10 years. I'm not particularly worried that Dennis Gates is going to Florida State. And I will say this. Leonard Hamilton ain't getting fired at Florida State. Leonard Hamilton going to leave Tallahassee exactly when he wants to leave Tallahassee and not a day soon. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. At what point, Bradley wants to know, we're at a point where we can talk about not just the tournament, but seeding. No, we are not. There are seven, there are minimum 19 games left in this season. We are yep. not at that point, but I now expect this to be a tournament team. Do you? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And if they keep playing this way, I think we can talk about them having a single digit seed in that tournament, but you know, it's it's pretty early on here. It's the first game of the SEC schedule. So, um, yeah, I'm not ready to say that quite yet. Right. Uh, Josh Randall wants to know if there's Kobe Brown chips on the way. Look, if, if I'm him, man, I'm calling up the local UPS office and you're going, hey, what can we do? What, what, yeah. kind of, what kind of NIL deal? <laughs> you give me a good enough NIL deal, I might come back for that COVID year next year and then we'll have a whole hell of a lot of fun. And, and like – a friend of mine texted me during the game, and I thought this was pretty good. He said, Kobe Brown reminds me of the reason I liked college basketball. Like, the kid's been here four years. The fan base knows him. They identify him. You've seen him go from this kind of under-recruited three-star to a kid who is now, like, he's the face of a program. And you can't be the face of a program in a year. You can't yeah. be that in two years. I mean – Trago Million may be the heart of this team. Dennis Gates may be the coach. If this team goes on to a special season, the guy everybody's going to remember from it is Kobe Bryant. And especially with you know, games like he's been putting up, too. Like, I, I can't say it enough. Back-to-back 30-point -back games um, and, and to do it after, you know, some of the rougher games that he had early on in the season. And um, I, I think – that means a lot to this team to see him doing as well as he is. And the the way Missouri does post game doesn't really allow for this um, because 
the players are sitting at a podium with Dennis. Dennis is leaning over, giving them the answers a lot of times. I'd love to catch Kobe in an honest moment and go, come on, man. You heard what they were saying after the KU. Game, yeah, right? exactly. He, you damn straight. He heard what they were saying. And you know what? It wasn't unfair when they were saying it after the KU. Game. Mm -hmm. And now they're chanting his name when he's at the mm -hmm. free throw line. Yeah, uh, a pretty cool uh, moment there, back-to-back -back games. Brendan, what's the ceiling and what's the floor of this team? I mean, the ceiling is, like, not just a tournament team, but a team that can win in the tournament. I, I'm not going to say the floor is not the NIT. I, I mean, yeah, this team still can miss the tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I think it'd have to go – pretty wrong for them to do that. I mean, an SEC play, they'd have to kind of, you know, not do as well as everyone is expecting at this point. Um, but I think the ceiling, like we said, is, is going to be a pretty high seed up in the NCAA tournament. I don't know how high, yeah. but um, you uh, could. It, it feels to me like five-ish. Yeah. Probably is, is the ceiling of what – because, look, what this team hasn't yet proven to me is that they can avoid going somewhere like Texas A&M or Ole Miss and losing a game. I mean, Tennessee should have lost at Ole Miss. Yeah. Every game – like, there are no gimme – okay, Vandy here is probably as close as you're going to get to an automatic W. But, like, there aren't gimme wins in league play. This is a good conference. I mean, you're going to – every single time you go on the road, you've got a chance to get beat. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm not as familiar with SEC play. Um, when I was covering Texas State, um, me and my editor had a saying that Sunbelt basketball is exclusively played in the Thunderdome, and I would expect that the SEC is, is pretty similar yeah. in that regard. It's weird. There are some places you'll go and you're like – do the fans here know there's a game? Because people just don't really care. Um, but not a lot of them. But, I mean, point being, like, look, I've I've watched good Missouri teams go to places like Boulder, Colorado, and Lincoln, Nebraska, and Ames, Iowa, and get their asses beat um, yeah. by bad teams. It yeah. happens to everybody in league play at least a time or two. The key is not letting it happen more than that. Tiercell wants to know, Kobe, first-team All-SEC. Well, first of all, everybody is first-team All-SEC because the SEC puts eight dudes on its first team. Um, but he was preseason All-SEC. But look, mm -hmm. one game in, he's the SEC player of the year. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to win it, but, you yeah. know. But, you know, I, I think – even if he doesn't, you know, average 30 points a game, um, if if he can play up to his potential, I think first team all SEC is is a really realistic goal for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ryan wants to know how much more fun it is to cover this team. I mean, first of all, the games are fun to watch, but but also like we argue about this all the time. And you guys get mad at me for not being a fan. Look, I'm going to write stories and do shows and whatever the result is, I'm right. still going to do that. But hell yes, it's more fun to watch things to, like tonight than what we've watched most of the last night. I mean, every, it's much better to write about a winning team. Because guess what? When you do that, some people actually read your stories. And that's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm used to um covering the Texas State football team who um when they went four and eight, it was their best record in seven years. So this is a pretty big change of pace for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. Uh Nick Honor is like a bowling ball. Yeah, I mean I said that before the game. I was telling my brother, I, I was I was describing him to to my brother because I was like, I really like when the short guy on the team is plays well against you know the really tall players on the other team and I was like he's just he's this little bowling ball and he strikes them out I mean that dude I think he's like the running back that they say hides behind the offensive lineman maybe (laughs) he can see guys on the floor that we can't see because he's like looking at other guys knees and waists and so he just has a different but man he made a couple passes tonight that when he let it go I seriously did not know where the ball was going and he found the guy yeah. I mean, that's another guy who, you know, didn't necessarily fill it up, but still had a really big impact. Um, I, I, he actually had the best plus or minus on the team tonight. Um, and I think he mainly helps Sean East, right? Because when Sean East first went into the game, you mentioned like, man, I just don't like some of the decisions that he makes. He plays way too fast. I, I think that was nicer than what I said, but yes. Yes, but, but you know, when he, he, he comes alongside seven straight points. Nick Honor, it's like he he's a different player. You know, he gets to be off the ball a lot more, um, and Nick Honor just kind of takes care of a lot of the kind of managerial stuff that a point guard has to do, the, the boring parts of being a point guard, and Sean East just gets to play a lot more free um, and and so that's where I feel like Nick Honor had the biggest impact tonight. Is he's just a really calming presence on the team, and um, you know, I, so he's he's a pretty good bowling ball. I'll, I'll say a, that. A friend of mine texted me during the game said he's he's the quarterback that everybody says is a game manager, and for this yeah. team, that's good. They, yeah, that, that's that's perfect. Um, Luke says Mizzou's offensive efficiency is number two in the country. Can they finish in the top 20? I, I mean, yeah, they're number two right yeah. now. I think they can. And I think they probably have to, right, to do the yeah. things we're talking about because the defense is better. But this team is going to win more games 90 to 85 than it is going to win 65 to 60. I agree. And I, I think, too, the way that they play where they have five guys – on the court who can knock down threes or four to five guys at least, or, or they have three or four guys who can run a pick and roll. That is really, really tough to guard. And so I think that they're going to be a matchup problem for pretty much every team that they go up against. Yeah. Shut up. Stupid says Hodge is Clarence Gilbert <laughs> 2.0. I, I had a buddy text me that during it's perfect. I love it. I, I legitimately, I, I told you guys during the game, he's my favorite player here in a decade. Cause he just goes, I don't care if it's one on three. I'm shooting the ball. Like, I, I don't like, and it works, man. I mean, the kid just does not have a conscience. He, he doesn't care. I, I, I think it's really fun to watch. Um, Gates era is playing like Patrick Mahomes in 2008. Hold on, man. Hold on. Let's not, let's not go calling Denny Jesus just yet. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's, you don't, he, he, he brings home a trophy. You get to put him on a level with that guy, but that, that is the highest praise that can be offered in my world. So uh, uh, I like, see. I like the name shut up stupid, by the way. I wish more people would follow suit right. there. Right. Um, 
Case wants to know if Dennis is going to take him to a Final Four. Look, man, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I would say probably not this year. Um, but like, look, look. Here's what the NCAA tournament is: to get to a Final Four, it's two two-game tournaments. Mm-hmm. If you are good enough early on, it's essentially a one-game tournament followed by a two-game tournament. I mean, I could set up a world where Missouri plays back-to-back teams to get to a final four that are not as good as Illinois and Kentucky, the two, they just ran off the floor. Right. So ceiling wise. Sure. I mean, why not? But no, I would not say the odds. If you gave me 20 bucks and said bet final four or no final four, I would probably bet no final four. I would also, just because also like it's a, it's a single elimination tournament too. Right. So, uh, I mean, one loss and you're done. There's only four teams out of 64 that make it that far. And and sometimes one of them is St. Peter's. Man. Right. <laughs> like it's the worst way to determine a champion, which is the best, which is why it's the best postseason yes. in, in sports. Uh, Absolutely. Michael Kaiser, do you think the atmosphere and hype for the Kansas game helped this team? hundred percent. Because they were not ready for that. I mean, DeAndre Golston was on the other podcast I do. Uh, we talked to him last week, and he basically admitted, you can't really be ready for it till you're in it. And yeah. we probably weren't quite ready for it, you know. And um, But they've been ready for it the last two games. Yeah, I, I agree. And I didn't think that was the case immediately after the game either, right? I, I didn't think the crowd right. had as much to do with it after – that Kansas game, but I, I think in retrospect, it, it definitely has. Yeah. Uh, Danny says, would you trade these two wins for a win over KU? I mean, I, I think most fans would. Um, hmm. My argument would be, I don't know, see if you can get another shot at them down the road, right? <laughs> right. And then you'd, then you'd trade all of them for that win. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kobe Brown's playing his way into the NBA. So uh, I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball. So in fact, I watch none. But he doesn't strike me as an NBA player. So what I'll say is, um, I I am a big fan of the NBA draft. I'll follow a lot of coverage. One of the guys I follow is Sam Vicenti from the the Athletic, um, and he actually had a tweet after the Illinois game saying that. Kobe Brown is is one of the most underrated players in the country. Um, And I think if Kobe is able to keep shooting over 40% like he has so far this season, I don't think it's necessarily out of the question that he could get a shot in the second round. Um, Because when you're that size, you know, six, eight, you're going to be playing at one of the forward spots um, and you have to be a shooter um, to contribute at the NBA. And and so if, if Kobe can, prove that this is legit I, I wouldn't say it's a zero percent chance that he makes it to the oh, NBA right so you just heard it Mizzou fans you better get in touch with James Carlton get because they're going to take a whole lot of $20 NIL donations to to get Kobe Brown to have that, uh, <laughs> that extra COVID year his, his information has been running across the the bottom of the screen throughout um I'd like to to try to to be out of here in the next 15 minutes or so if we can so we're going to try to uh try to kind of roll through these as uh, as quickly as we can. But Todd Julian brings up a good point. Love how fast they get the ball out on a fast break. I thought one of the plays of the game I tweeted about, Kentucky scored. Kobe Brown grabs the ball coming out of the net, steps out of bounds, hits Des Moines Hodge with about a 55-foot pass, and Hodge scores and gets fouled. Like, 
it, it's just before Kentucky could take a breath after that basket, Demoy Hodge was going to the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you know the the game plan for Kentucky was you know can we keep up with Mizzou? The answer for a lot of teams is no. You you cannot like it's impossible, and I think it also kind of goes to the conditioning that Mizzou has like and and the deep bench that they have, you know, Dennis Gates plays a lot of guys and they're able to get in and out really quick. Um, And, you know, you mentioned Kobe Brown being in better shape this season. Um, How many minutes did he play tonight? 34 minutes tonight. He played 37. Yeah. So um, to play at that pace for that long, um, I think these guys have taken it very seriously that, you know, they need to, be in good shape to play this way. Desmond Tipton wants to know if this is the max level for this team's talent or is there another level? I I mean, Dennis Gates, anti-hyperbole aside, I think the last two games are close to as well as this team can play right now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they can't be better than this in two months. Right. And, uh, you know, I I brought this up to you during the game too. Um, what is this team with Isaiah Mosley, right? And you mentioned, you know, like you said, I, I don't think that they I could play care. any better. And it, it probably doesn't matter. But I think having that kind of a player just as an option would make a difference in the long run. Like, I think I think it would help in a game where maybe Demoy Hodge isn't shooting well or mm-hmm. where Sean East is a little too out of control. Like, it would help in the individual games. But overall, like – what Mosley's good at is not what this team is missing. Right. Like this team is not missing dudes who can go get a bucket. Yeah. You know, that, that this team has that coming out its ears, you know? So, uh, right. It, it, and that's not to say that like, I would tell Isaiah, we don't want you. I, I mean, if yeah. Isaiah can come back, I'm sure Gates would love to add him to the rotation. But I think the best thing about the last two games is that question no longer matters. Like yeah. pregame when he wasn't even at the shoot around, I planned, well, I guess I'm right near is Isaiah still on the team? By halftime, I had forgotten that was a thing. Right. No, I, I, I just think, you know, having that extra option, you know, because Isaiah is a good passer too, um, and having that extra guy that you can turn to and say, all right, we need you tonight, I think that would make a difference in terms of wins and losses um, yeah. over the long haul of the season. Cahill wants to know why Mo Diara doesn't get any playing time. I mean, again – like, who would you say play less? They, yeah. They've beaten Kentucky and Illinois by, you know, a combined, look, I don't know, 40 points in the last two games or something like that. I, I don't know who you take off the floor to get Mo Diara on the floor. There's only so many minutes. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think if you're going to play Mo Diara, that means taking away minutes from – Aiden Shaw, who has been, you know, has had a couple of bright spots this year and is obviously going to be a pretty important part of the team down the road. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, is it worth it to give up those Aiden Shaw minutes to get Modiar on the floor? I don't think so, especially when you're winning right now. And Right. And, oh, by the way, a guy who hasn't done a lot in the last two games, Noah Carter, had 27 here this year. Like, right. it, it's just different guys. Um Sheldon asks if teams sell out on stopping Kobe. Can this team overcome that? And I'm just going to let Todd Julian answer it. Kobe's a good passer, and doubling him would be fine. I, I agree with that. Um, he's a good enough a good enough passer. You can do that. Um, 
Uh, my only wow. real concern is Kobe gets in foul trouble and Noah Carter plays huge minutes, but the defense falls apart. I mean, yeah, it, like there's going to be a night that probably happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's already been nights that that's already happened. So Right, right. Yeah. That's fair. Um, let's see. Um, can Mizzou go 600 in the SEC? That would be what, mm. 11 and 7? Right. Yeah, I think this team can go 11 and 7 in the league. Yeah, I agree. I, I think kind of my expectation before the year was 9 and 9, around 500. And I think after these past couple of games, you can raise that expectation a little bit for sure. Yeah. Uh, back to back 30 plus games has only been done five times in D1 history. I'd have to check that. Like, there are dudes that have averaged 30. I've got to believe, like, Pete Maravich, Hank Gathers, Wilt Chamberlain did that. But. Jeff Borzello did tweet out, Kobe is the second player in the history of college basketball to have consecutive 30-point games against ranked teams, mm-hmm. and the other one was Steph Curry. So that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> that's good company. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're on a list with Steph Curry and it has to do with basketball, solid. Right, um, and it's, it's, it's just you and Steph Curry and not, every, right. not anybody else. Right. Um, Alex says, can we talk about uh, how amazing Red Panda was tonight? Sophie nailed her. Like, look, there have been times Red Panda was the highlight of the season. I will say this. I don't think I've ever seen Red Panda be perfect. And she, like, she's dropped a bowl, but she was perfect tonight. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And it was cool. My brother is in town. He got to see it for the first time. He thought it was incredible. Um, And I've seen her a couple times now. She's, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ben brings up a, a, a question that kind of was asked on our our show earlier today that mm. Gerard and I did. Do you think Drink is watching this and sweating a little? Hell no, this is good for him, man. He can bring in visitors over the next two weeks and bring them into an arena that is going to be packed and batshit crazy. Like, it's good for football when basketball is good, and it's good for basketball when football is good. This is not – like, they're pulling on the same team. This should not be a one or the other thing. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, that's kind of helped uh, Kentucky's football program, I feel like, is, is how well the basketball team has been over the long run. Um, I mean, I don't know how well Kentucky was before, but they're definitely doing pretty well now. Oh, yeah. Not this good. Not yeah. this good. Uh, David Conrado says Mizzou and Gates looking like TJ Otzelberger, who went from 2-22 and 22 to 22-13. and 13. So if Gates improves by 20 wins, Missouri's winning 32 games this year. I feel like that would be really good. That's not bad. <laughs> it, it would be a school record. By the yeah, way. I, would, I would think so. <laughs> okay, Richard Barber brings up a, an important question. Are there any players named Podge that they can recruit to play next to Hodge? Mm. I don't know of any. I don't know of any either. I don't think they're recruiting any at the moment. And also, Hodge, I believe, in, in his last year of eligibility. So even if they do bring somebody in, they wouldn't get to play together. Apparently, LSU's up on Arkansas with under a minute left. So that's interesting. Oh. Uh, want to want to thank Pocket Watch for, uh, for giving us a couple of shout-outs and a couple of donations. We never turn those down. We never ask for them, but we will take them. Pocket Watch is an Auburn fan who started on our live shows a couple of years ago because I'm friends with uh, Jay Tate, and he's been around for a while. And Pocket, I'm going to tell you, at some point uh, later this season, you're going to have to give Drew some Auburn recommendations because he is going on the uh, Tennessee-Auburn road trip, and we'll have a couple of free days in the Auburn Hampton Inn. So. Uh, so we'll ask you to uh, reach out with your recommendations. Hopefully it's not as snowy as um, St. Louis was where we got had to kind of be cooped up all day. 
I, if Auburn got weather like that, the world in Alabama would end. So, <laughs> like they would, they would just say, "Screw it, we're done." Right. Um, Canoe Man, another another Auburn fan who has jumped in and on some of our shows, and appreciate you guys being here and looking forward to that that road trip uh, down at Alabama. A week from tonight, Fayetteville next game is that that's right, isn't it? I uh, believe so. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be 2023 before they play again. Um, we we might move a, a live show and do it on Tuesday next week so we can mm-hmm. do it before Drew heads down to Fayetteville to cover that one. He will be there in person. Uh, so just uh, look, we've gone about 40 minutes. We both still got stories to write and all that. Yep. So just out the door, 30-second kind of quick thought. Um. Oh, uh, that's a good question. I, I can I can go first if okay. you need me to go first go ahead. to give me a minute. Um, I, look, this is kind of the overarching theme of what I am writing. Um, Missouri fans take a lot of pride in in this is the show me state, and like you got to give me a reason to show up. They've given you your reason. I, I, I mean, they've done it back to back nights. They've given you the reason. This place, this is the Mizzou Arena that can be like a bigger Hearn Center. Like, it was fun. It was loud. There were empty seats, but not a lot. I think that crowd had a lot to do with it. Like, you guys have wanted this team, a fun basketball team, for 10 years. Don't sit there and say, hey, man, maybe if they win at Arkansas, maybe if they do this. No, this this is probably the time, man. Yeah. um, I think just my takeaway is, like, this is a team that – deserves to be ranked like they are they've proven they are the real deal that's um i don't know how else to to say it like they're an actual good team so right y'all can be excited now <laughs> like yeah and and look they're probably gonna lose at some point like i don't think yes. they're gonna win every game by double no. digits the rest of the way but it's okay man it's okay <laughs> uh appreciate my guy jay jumping in here uh terrell key uh, guys, truly appreciate. It. I mean, we've we've had like 350 people on here for a basketball game on a Wednesday night. Like, if that doesn't tell you Missouri fans are are starved to death for this, I, I don't know what will. So you know what? Uh, I re- I remember Gabe after the Kansas game, we got a question and they asked, um, "Have they completely lost the fan base because they lost to Kansas?" They have not. They have not. We can confirm they have not lost the fan base. Yeah. Uh what, one more thing I would like to add. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Drew. I retweeted it. After the game, uh, Nick Honor, speaking of a, a game manager who has understated, he tweeted out, Kobe Brown is a pretty good basketball player. I, I would agree. I think we've seen that. <laughs> I have to agree as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So truly do appreciate all you guys spending some time with us here on uh, on a, what is this, Wednesday night? This is Wednesday. the week of the year where nobody knows what, what day it is, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, appreciate you guys taking some time out. If you watched on the YouTube, if you watched with us live, do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. You'll get heads up when we go live. We're, we don't do these after every basketball game, but hey, if they keep playing this way, we might have to change that. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, but if you're if you're listening on the podcast, which I'll put together after this, then, uh, you know, leave us a nice review, share what we're doing on social media. Uh Missouri's good at basketball, guys, and that's a good thing for you. It's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for our friend James Carlton, who would like you to get in touch with him, uh, first of all, so he can get a shot at being your insurance agent, carltoninsurance.net, phone number is 314-961-4800. But I promise you, I've talked to James. There's not a lot of people that are enjoying this more than James is. More than he wants to be your insurance agent, he wants Missouri to be good 
at basketball and football, and he is uh, putting his money behind that. He's donating $20 for every quote he gives out where you tell him that you heard about him on Power Mizzou. He's donating $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective. So hit James up. Look, maybe he can save you money. Maybe he can't. He's going to do his best, but give him a chance. He'll donate 20 bucks to Mizzou, and uh, maybe we can do a few more of these in the future. So, uh, Drew, I think we'll go right now. How's that sound? Sounds great. Sounds good. All right, guys. Talk to you next time. All right.